People, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another pre-recorded podcast of The Arsenio Buck Show. I'm literally doing this just three hours after my aggressive mask, and this is a Q&A because I had one of my wonderful, and I mean my wonderful Japanese friends who asked me a very, very, very interesting question. So basically she said, can I ask... When you're able, how are you, wait, so she said this, when you got to be able to think about your family as different personality determinately, so I'm not exactly sure what this meant, but then she went on to to say, uh, talk about her mother having an emotional dominance and always being a negative person and saying, you know, negative things to her and whatnot, and she's still trying to get over that. She said, you look like an independent person from your family emotionally. And she's wondering where I got that strength from. And she also won, uh, And she also asked me what is the difference between my brother and I. So as I just talked about on the aggressive mask, uh, that's kind of like what the difference is in terms of my brother. But I want to get over the first part. She said when you got to be able to think about your family um, as different and, and whatnot. Listen, how can I look at this? Listen, um... Honestly, I was one of those who always would pray and, you know, believe that, you know, God was going to come down and help us and whatnot. And then in 2006, honestly, when I went away to college, that's when I just became so much different. You know, I was with, you know, Sudanese runners, Zambian runners, um, people from all over America. Uh, One particular girl from Australia who played on the basketball team, another girl from Israel. I was around such a dynamic and international type of crowd uh especially in university and this was this ultimately led to me you know coming back to of course my family in 2007 and i remember getting in a really really big argument with my brother and i ended up crying because he you know it was just it was always centered around money and i felt like my brother wanted that type of emotional dominance over me and i remember i got introduced to the secret of course the law of attraction that summer in 2007 and I try having my brother listen to it or talk, you know, and my mom listen to it and whatnot. My brother just hurry up and immediately shot it down. He's like, this is stupid, this and that and this and that. And I remember I had one of my friends by the name of Ty who's actually studying uh, medicine, right? Not medicine, uh, dentistry right now at the University of Harvard. And he had to come between us. He's like, y'all need to calm down because it was like almost a fist fight. And of course, my mom didn't have um, my mom didn't have control of my older brother anymore because he was just so loose headed. I believe that his that anger just kept developing, you know, as the years went on. And so that personality, you know, me going to college and whatnot and doing this and doing that, I think I just evolved away from my family. Now, I do believe also that what is it when my brother became a smog technician he changed. He changed. I think, and I think all of this, he, I think he does have like the material mask on him because when my brother actually made a lot of money as a smog tech between 3000 and 4000 US dollars a month, and that's a freaking a lot in America, trust me, um, because it's really hard to get a job like that. And when my brother had like a, a Dodge supercharger and had this and he was living in a house and this and that. He was actually, we had the closest relationship then, 2009 to 2010. He moved out and he was so happy. But you know what? He lost everything from doing, of course, some stupid illegal smogs, came back into my mother's house, and then he ended up working for 
a company, whereas he developed these balls in his back and he had to get back surgery. And he went from being at the top to at the bottom. And at the bottom came that aggression again because he felt like I had more money than him. He felt like he had everything taken away from him and he just became a victim. And so, of course, in 2013, leading up to 2013, it was always about money. It was always about money. I remember I got a message from him in December. He's like, well, mom's sick and you need to give me $100. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. So I gave him $100 so, you know, my mom could get a shot and this and that. She has some kind of, some crazy, yeah, some throat problem. <sighs> Luckily, she was okay. Um, but as it went on. I remember for the first two months when I moved out there to uh, when I moved out here to Thailand, I didn't hear from my family. I didn't hear from my brother. And I remember, of course, my aunt sent me uh, what is it? Of you know, a message saying, "Hey, listen, me. We went that out there for July. She gave me a long story in terms of them trying to milk her for money because, of course, she is a little bit of success. She is another, I guess you could say, worry wart, as of course my friend had what my friend has said, and she is uh, she is one too. My aunt. Because she just complains about, oh, this lady at work and this and that. I'm like, man, you get think you got it wrong. Man, I just met an English guy yesterday that was insane. Anyway, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. So um, what ended up happening, where was I? Oh, my God. I just jumped off track real fast. So anyways, okay, let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. My aunt was at this 4th of July party. She's like, listen, your name's being thrown around really bad. And, it's, and the only person that's trying to back you up is your oldest sister. And so I went on to say, I ended up sending my mom a message. And I was like, I sent a message. And I can't remember what it was, but it was a message full of anger. And it was what she needed to hear. And I have no regrets for it, period. Um, I said, you know what? I felt like the last time I saw my mother was in 2011. Because from 2012 to 2013, I don't know who that lady is anymore, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. I'm just giving it to you cold and hard. What happened? Where where did that motherhood, where did, where did that, you know, hey, how you doing, son? How's everything going? And me, just you being happy for me. I remember I had to go get a, a typhoid shot, which was about $75. And I came back home and I was like, mom, I had to go get a shot because I'm going to Thailand. And they said I need this particular shot, CTD, you know, the center of disease. I'm sorry, CDT, center of disease. No, CDC, god damn it. The center of disease control said, you know, they require this shot. And she's like, how much was it? And I told her, and she just looked at me real bad. She's like, well, you could have done this. Every day I came home, she's like, every time I had some good news, she would shoot it down with, did you put uh, gas in the car? Can you buy food? It was always that. And when this letter came, it came to, you know, it came out real wrong. And the first person to send me a message was my brother. I didn't even read it. I hurried up and blocked him. And I blocked him for a year, two years. And I remember I tried, you know, coming back, coming back to means and whatnot. And I said, hey, okay, let's talk about, um, um, you know, I'm really sorry for what happened, this and that. And I went to everyone. And my oldest sister was the first one. She's like, just don't block me again. <laughs> my, me and my youngest sister, we always had a turbulent relationship. We were able to get over immense. But me and my brother, my brother and I never, never, he never sent me a message. He never sent me, yeah, you know what? I forgive you. Okay, let's go from, is this, let's just start anew right now. He never did that. And as an older brother, he failed. He failed miserably because I would have sat down and said, listen, this, 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 all the way from 1995. And I'd be like, I understand what I've done wrong and this and that. Let's, let's just duke it out right now. Let's, that's it. He never did that. But you know what? 
the moment I objected in terms of a stupid, garbage, superficial sport called the NBA, saying, oh, this, this particular person, all he does is shoot the ball, my brother, for the first time in two years, his sentence, uh, seems like you've never changed. That was it. Quote, seems like you never changed. And I'm like, wow, after three months, I mean, I'm sorry, two years, that's all you could say? Three years, I'm sorry. This was in 2016. After three years, this was the only sentence you can say? I blocked him. He sent me a message saying, you know what? Mom don't want to see you. Don't nobody like you. Don't know that. Just all that anger and aggression. And then I talked to the sister and she said, we don't even talk to your brother. He's always angry. He comes over and he demands things. And I'm like, your brother is almost an exact replica of your father. Because you know what? My brother, just like my father, when he went around from, you know, from his girlfriend to his girlfriend to his girlfriend, he's doing the same thing right now. My brother, I think, has or had a girlfriend. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in two years. And that, ch- and that girl or that woman has two children of her own. That's not even my brother's. This is exactly what my father did. And he's following this footsteps of, you know, footsteps. He's following the footsteps of my father. And this is the scary part about it. But he's going to have to live. He's going to have to learn. And you know what? I told my sister, I was like, from this day going forward, I think it was like June, June of 2016. I said, hey, I said to my oldest sister, my old, my youngest sister, I said, from this day going forward, I'm no longer going to speak to your brother for as long as I live. Everything I've ran out of patience for the last 20 years for all the best. I know one day both him or I are going to pass on and I am perfectly fine with that. Because you know what? Those small that handful amount of good times I've had over the last 29 years of my life. I'll cherish it. But there comes a time where you just say, you know what? I can't just give 100 and this guy gives negative 100. And if he needs help, I could sit here and coach this man. But he's going to have to put forth the effort first. Once he realizes what he's done and what he did was wrong. And you know what? When things start happening in my life and, you know, I do this TEDx and I got this going. And I got these projects and this and that and that. He's going to try to come along and say, oh, you still don't get the blame game. The point of finger, such as what's happening in the office in Washington. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that joke out there. Um, but the pointing fingers and the blame game. Boy, look yourself in the mirror. That's the only person you should be blaming right now. So I look very, yes, I'm a very independent person. And where do I get that strength from? It was probably from the very beginning stages and being out on my own in Australia. There was no one that could help me. Yeah, my brother and I, we talked a little bit while I was out there. But it was me versus me in Australia. And you know what? What what built up the most unbelievable amount of strength? Living here in Thailand. Because in October 2014, when I had those thoughts, those thoughts of actually committing suicide, because Thai people saying black people this or they're black people are terrible and this and that, not being able to find a job, but being able to snap out of that in about two minutes, literally, I had thoughts of defeat for two minutes and I snapped out of it. It was like the it was like a shroud that came right into me and I was like, oh, my God. And it probably all became out because I was in the back of a taxi and this piece of shit was going all over the place and not even taking me to my destination. I was a fool. But you know what? I didn't get out and say, hey, motherfucker, where the hell are you going? 
I didn't do that. And over the course of this taxi ride, I started developing thoughts, thoughts that were terrifying. For two minutes, I was able to break away. And you know what? To this day, from from that point going forward to what happened last year to my best friend walking out on me, you know, through a very, very difficult time in my life just last November, whereas I was being threatened my job and this and that. And ultimately, that led to me almost accepting a job in South America as of right now, creating a template to get this job probably within the next two months. Everything is happening right now. And this strength was developed because I knew and I know right now, I don't have a best friend back in America. Yes, I have a best friend's family who's getting ready to have a second kid. I'm not going to New York. I'm not going back to Vegas. I could go back to Vegas, absolute worst case scenario, but I, that's going back to day one. I don't want to be there anymore. You know, that strength knowing that I have nothing to go back to and everything to go forward to, that's what I developed. And I think that's the strength that my family never developed. They don't understand what the struggle is. They don't understand going into a job and having someone just turn away and say, excuse me, I'm, I'm sorry, you're black. You know, just and it's what you know, what's even more just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I thought I had a job in stone at one of the top language centers in Thailand for him never to message me or email me ever again. And why do you think that is with my credentials and the amount of experience I have and I was denied? See, that's the strength I have. That's the strength that my brother and I, I mean, not that's the strength that differs from my brother and I because my brother doesn't know what the hell a struggle is. And, you know, going from, of course, the girl that I visited last year in April, who I no longer considered to be a best friend because at two of the most pivotal moments in my life, she was not there for me. No one was there for me. Even the friends who I call friends right now, even the best friend I call a bit, no one was there for me. It's me and me only. And that's the greatest part. And no, it's not out of grit. It's not out of a feeling, uh, you know, out of a lonesome feeling. It's not that. It is not that. It's literally saying to myself, what else? Who do I have to go to? No one. If I needed money for any reason right now, for, for whatever odd reason right now, who, you, you know, if I if I needed money right now, who can I ask? No one. If I needed help right now, emotional help, who can I ask? No one. It's Arsenio, and that is the strength of 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 goddamn Zeus. You understand what I'm saying? Because I am a beast. But that's the difference, probably, between me and my brother. Being able to take out all that anger I had. From probably my childhood and put it something towards constructive in terms of track and field. My brother never did that. He never found an outlet. Of course, he played chess. He played this and that. But he was never able to take it out in a physical way. Not inflicting pain on someone else, but just being able to take it out on a, you know, in a physical way. He was never able to do that. And I think that was the biggest difference. And that has been the biggest difference thus far. Now, I do wish my brother all the best. And I wish my family all the best. I haven't said uh, Merry Christmas this or that to my mom, my sister. Because when it came to my birthday, no one posted anything. No one said anything to me. When it came to Christmas, no one said anything to me. When it came to Thanksgiving, no one said anything to me. Then a lot of you guys would say, oh, well, that's a little bit childish. You know, I think you should probably say something to them first and do this. I've tried doing that for the last five years. I've given up. But you know what's funny? This year, the coming out party, the funniest part and the best part of this year is going to be 
when I get there, when I get to that level, guess who's going to come back around? Guess who's going to come back around? Saying, hey, Arsenio, how's everything going? I see you're doing this. I see you're doing... Don't do that. Do not do that. Be who you've always been. Yes, I've already forgiven my family. I've forgiven my family. I'm blaming my family for the success I am today. Just as... uh, uh, Just as I am... um, What is it? Sorry, I got messages coming in right now. And I'm getting thrown away. But, um... Thrown off. I'm sorry. Not thrown away. Um... Because the thing is, I've forgiven them, and I need to. I found that forgiveness within myself to forgive them. Because, I mean, I just don't have, you know, a lot of people, especially here in Thailand, they got their family to look after. You know, my friend who actually asked this uh, this question, she actually has her son. She has this and that, and people all around the world. You guys got people to go to, but it's Arsenio. It's the United States of Arsenio here in Thailand. You know what I mean? And that's why I've developed so much strength and so much hunger and so much determination. That failure, that failure and those failures and those comments and that you, that black man, that low class, that pimp, that I hate black people, that we don't hire black people here, that last denial of a job at one of the oldest language centers in Thailand, just literally disappearing because of the color of my skin. Yep. All of that. Has led to my success today. So I hope this ultimately answers your question. How can you build it? How can I relate it to you? Well, it doesn't matter what age you are. But you have to look at everything as a turning point. What lesson was learned throughout your life? Things have happened. I mean, I mean, and I, I'm not going to share your story with anyone. But you've told me things. that I'm just sitting there saying, oh, my God. Really? And from this, and it's amazing because you still manage to smile today. And all of us still manage to smile today. Those people who are listening to me in Benghazi, Libya, are probably smiling today. People listening to me from all over the world are smiling today. Those people in Zimbabwe and Mozambique, they have the internet and they can listen to my voice. All these hardships is what creates us. Always remember that. And you know what? Create those affirmations. Say, you know what? I'm still alive. I'm breathing. I have a home. I have money. I have this. I have that. I'm pursuing my goal. is becoming a teacher. You have that. And keep doing that. Because you're on the right road. Follow your bliss. And until then, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. If you guys got any more questions, please send them in. This is your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.